What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Dynasty of Dads podcast. The goal of this podcast is for dads to share their experiences and stories and help all the parents out there just be the best parents that they can be. We're here to help. We're here to inspire. We're here to have fun and have some really great conversations. I am super excited about tonight's episode. It is titled The Delivery Room, and we're going to be discussing what to expect when that big day arrives. So, what are we waiting for? Let's get started. All right, all right. Again, welcome everyone to the Dynasty of Dads podcast. I am your host, Bearded Brian. And I am really excited that you guys are here joining us tonight. And joining me, as always, is my friend and co-host, Zach, a.k.a. Zach and Emery. Zach, what's up, my man? Hey, Brian. Happy to be here yet again. How's everything going your way? Fantastic. Uh, So I normally start with asking you how your dad week was. But if you don't mind, I'm going to start because I have a feeling that yours is going to be maybe a little bit more interesting of a week than mine. Uh, But for me, we talked about this in previous episodes. But one of my favorite things about this age, for those of you that don't know, my daughter is about two, two and a half. And at this age, their personality is really coming to life and it's changing so dramatically. They're starting to really find their likes and dislikes and communicating that to you most of the time in a good way, but sometimes it can be a challenge as they start to especially learn their dislikes. Playing dress up has become her new favorite thing. And to the point that she comes home from daycare and immediately wants to go on and put on every outfit. Yesterday I came home and she was fully decked out as a bumblebee. Um, She has a full like ladybug outfit. And um, for Halloween, she was Minnie Mouse. She's got all these outfits and man, she is just obsessed. And my wife got her a couple like pocketbooks and jewelry. And uh, she's having a blast with that. And it's super cute and it's super fun seeing her get so excited about that stuff. But the challenge is when it's time to go to bed or when it's time to take that stuff off, man, it is it is a challenge. And so you do have to, <laughs> yes. honey, no, not tonight. We're not going to go to sleep as a bumblebee. But I promise, you know, after daycare and we come home, we can, uh, we can dress up. It's hard, but man, it is fun. I, I will admit I've been having a lot of fun with it. Yeah, Emery's going through this same stage, like dressing up. We have like a toy bin that has been converted into a play dress bin and all kinds of dress up stuff. We even have Vampirina and stuff like that. And luckily Taylor even came across a whole section in uh, a grocery store of clearance priced dress up uh, clothes. So that that's going to be some Christmas gifts right there. But we, we got lucky we came across those and Emery's just, loves dressing up all the time right now her favorite thing is her her rapunzel high heels Ooh! and by high heels i mean like one inch (laughs) and still pretty impressive my daughter hasn't gotten into the high heels i don't think we've uh, introduced them to her yet uh before we get into your week i just wanted to welcome everyone that is joining us live on youtube if you are not 
It is the best way to interact with us on this podcast because it is interactive. We go live at 8.30 Eastern every Wednesday, and the chat is open. So you can hop in there, you can ask your questions, you can engage with us. We'll try to answer those as quickly as we can. A lot of fun. But if you are listening uh, on the podcast of your choice, that is great, and I appreciate it. Two things. One is please subscribe and write a review. It, it, It means the world to us. So on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you're listening, please take a second and uh, give us some love on there. Uh, We really appreciate it immensely. But you can join the conversation too. There's two ways to do that. If you go to anchor.fm slash dynasty of dads, there's a message feature that you can write a message or even record a voice over. And who knows, maybe we'll uh, play your voice recording on air and we'll answer your questions live next week. Or we have an email address, dynastyofdads at gmail.com. You can send in your comments, your feedback, your questions, uh, and we're happy to answer that way as well. So, Zach, how was your dad week? Anything fun or interesting happen to you? Uh, There is one particular spot that sticks out the most, and I would say it's the thing that makes somebody a dad. For y'all that don't know, my wife and I were expecting, and we had our baby. So we had our baby number two, and um, this whole time we kept her name a secret, but I'll gladly go ahead and expose that name now. Uh, Her name is Elliot Annalie Burris. Elliot Annalie. That is beautiful, man. Congratulations. We are thrilled for you. you. Uh, the chat is erupting in uh, applause right now on YouTube for you. Uh, that is really, really exciting. I, I got to say, it doesn't get old. It's uh, especially once you experience it yourself, when you have friends or family that uh, either welcome their first child or a, or a, a second, third, fourth, eighth, it, it doesn't really matter. It, it is special and beautiful and amazing. And I, I, I couldn't be happier for you guys. I, uh, was jumping out of my seat when I got the text from you. And uh, I, I got to say, you got a beautiful little girl on your hands there. It was some really phenomenal pictures. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Whenever she um, made her appearance and they did the initial skin to skin, just watching the the transformation for 20 seconds was just mind-blowing. That's awesome. We, did, we didn't get to go through that with Emery because there were some complications as she made her appearance. And she immediately had to get checked out by a NICU nurse. Oh. So there, there wasn't the, it was like five seconds of skin to skin, but they were like, okay, we need to take her and work on her for a little bit. So there was some time frame before we actually got to hold her and interact with her. But so for this time, people it, we, that are we listening that maybe haven't experienced this yet. Let's try to dummy down a lot of these. I want to really try to provide the listeners a better understanding of kind of what to expect when this big day arrives in the the delivery room. So even the skin to skin concept, can you elaborate on that? Like, what does that mean? Yeah, absolutely. So there is this um, situation where uh, studies have shown that once the baby is born, um, it's preferred to put the baby directly on to the mother's chest where it's the baby's skin and the mom's skin touching each other. And this will help regulate the baby's body temperature, even blood sugar. And uh, all this needs to be done before the cord is even cut. Mm -hmm. But 
those, those are the two main factors that I remember. I'm sure if my wife is in the chat, she'll correct me on other things. But <laughs> those are the two main factors that I remember is the, uh, it'll help out with blood sugar and regulate body temperature. That's awesome. Uh, and just an affection side of things. I, I will tell you, we did that right away, um, did the skin to skin immediately. Um, but then once we were able to settle down in the room, my wife said, do you want to do it also? And I said, what do you mean? And she was like, take off your shirt and just do some skin to skin with the baby too. And I was like, what? That, is that weird? You know? And she said, no, like it, it's a really special moment. And I got to tell you, I felt a little weird at first, like just sitting there in the hospital room, taking my shirt off and laying down with the baby. But I strongly recommend it. So I did the skin to skin too. And it is amazing. It is a emotional connection. Like when you feel that baby on your skin, it, it is quite a beautiful moment. So dads that are listening, uh, you know, moms, make sure you try to take advantage of that. If you have the opportunity to do so, it is quite a magical experience. And um, you know, pretty health beneficial as well. But dads, jump in on the action on that skin to skin. It it is worth it. Did you do that by any chance? Yes, I did it both times, and I will admit, both times it just it felt awkward right at, off the bat. But after the first thirty seconds, it just it felt natural. It was very um, personal, and I felt like I got to know her on a whole another level. And it it wasn't awkward after that. Yeah. Even like the nurses were coming in, they were they didn't even bat, uh, they didn't even second guess a single thing. They promoted as well. Yeah, they encouraged it with us absolutely. Mm -hmm. So let's uh, rewind the clock. Let's go from people talk about like a go bag and how to prepare. So you this is fresh. So you're you're gonna be on the hot seat most of this uh, episode, <laughs> but. Uh, Walk us through that. Like, did you guys pack? Did you prepare? Walk us through what you did to get ready. Yes. Yeah, so this situation was a little bit different than the first time because we, we do have Emory to consider as well. So um, on top of packing our overnight bags, we can't necessarily leave a two-year-old at home unattended for a while. So yeah. we also had to go ahead and pack her an overnight bag uh, to go stay at her grandma's uh, until we were home. Okay. And... So, yeah, we, we did the overnight bags. We packed for two nights because it's standard to, that they want to keep the baby for 48 hours. So now one uh, of the things that a lot of parents don't think about, and admittedly, and this is going to be part of my story as well, but you just kind of assume, okay, I'm going to pack and I'm going to have, you know, grandma and grandpa there to watch or whatever. But the timing of things, like you don't know, it, it could be your delivery date. It could be a week earlier. It could be a week late. It could be two weeks late. You know, you, you don't know. So were your, were the grandparents just kind of on call? Like, don't do anything. You, you know, we, we don't know this is going to, how did you guys handle that? Yes. The, basically the, the grandparents were on call. Um, and then my aunt and uncle were backups. Got so it. if, and then on top of all that, if it happened in the very middle of the night, and we couldn't get a hold of anybody. We had uh, two sets of neighbors that were willing to come over and stay at our house until we could get somebody to come get Emery. You guys were prepared. Oh, yeah, we were. We were extra prepared for this because, uh, like, even the overnight bags, they were packed a month ahead of time. Um, but it is important. So again, for those of you that are listening at mm -hmm. home, we did the same thing. We have three dogs and two cats. So not quite as dramatic as 
having another child at home, but pretty darn close. And so same deal. We had a dog Mm -hmm. walker that agreed 24 hours a day, day or night. He was going to have his phone on him because we just never know when we were going to call. Same deal, had neighbors as backups and stuff. So I would say that's one of the most important because you're really going to rely on those people and and they just have to be ready. You you don't know when it's going to uh, happen. Uh, So continue on. Any uh important things in the go- to go bag that you would recommend i'm sure all uh, the obvious, obvious like toiletries change of clothes stuff like yeah. that but a- anything unique that you so, guys thought of definitely just a couple outfits um for the newborn baby to to lay around in so they don't get cold so they're they only, they don't only have a blanket at the hospital at least a couple onesies for them to sleep in yep um, we also took a, a name plaque with us that we could customize and we put her name on there for an announcement. Um, yeah, those her pictures weight. were awesome that you did. Yeah. The, the weight, the uh, length, um, time and her birthday. So we were able to take that, uh, that with us. And that, I think that was the main thing that we took along with, uh, our Nikon camera. Mm-hmm. And I, oh man, I will, I will go ahead and suggest bring your own pillow, hospital pillows. Yes. yes, yes <laughs> oh yes. man. <laughs> I could not agree with that more. And if I was allowed, I probably would have taken a sleeping bag, not a sleeping bag, a, a blow up mattress over the couch that I had to sleep on. Yes. That is one thing that I felt like a lot of the websites and stuff that I looked at didn't really prepare you for. They prepare you for all the essentials like toiletries or whatever but from my experience i think the biggest challenge in the delivery room is comfort for two reasons one is as a dad and again it it, please mothers that are out here listening i am not complaining uh, our comfort level compared to what you guys go through but it is very uncomfortable and and you have to be there and you have to be on and it is hours you know at times um, and so, yeah, bring a pillow, bring a blanket, you know, just keep your comfort and your partner's comfort in mind because those things are super important for me. I really wasn't expecting that, that my wife had wires coming out of both sides and, you know, they, they're connected to everything up the wazoo and all of these machines are beeping all around you. And again, you're, you're there for 12, 13, 14, 15 hours, you know, maybe even longer and the biggest thing for her was just back pain because she's lying on her back. She can't really roll over, couldn't really roll on her side. And now the weight of her belly is just sitting on her spine. And, and that was the most challenging part. She says sometimes worse than the labor and stuff was was just the back pain that she was dealing with waiting for you know the contractions and waiting for stuff to start. So dads, your job is comfort. Anything, if there are aromas that your wife likes if there are music bring a portable speaker we brought a laptop and so we were watching netflix and stuff anything that your job is to keep her comfortable and her happy and at times distracted uh but uh, bring anything a, a deck of cards keep in mind comfort and and what is going to pass the time and and get your partner's mind off of the pain and discomfort because that is a big part of it Mm, exactly and so even on top of that um or going along with that that is 
Um, Taylor this time decided that she wanted to postpone using an epidural as long as she could. Um, Because the first time she went in right away, they put it in. And to this day, if she ever asked for me to like rub her back because it's bothering her, if I touch the one spot where the epidural was, she feels it still. Wow. Does Kelly still experience that? No. Hmm. I I, I wonder if there was just something that maybe it wasn't put in correctly or maybe, I don't know. But um, so this time she didn't want to do it as soon as she did this time. So we were doing some more um, controlled um, pain management skills. And that was including, right, yeah, we were in, at one point she was sitting on um, the pregnancy ball and I had a a heat pack and I was just massaging the the lower back for her while she was going through contractions. So I I was definitely trying to comfort her as much as I can. But So did she end up getting an epidural? She did. Okay. Um, she did right there towards the end. She made it to about the last hour. Okay. She ended up getting the um, the medicine to make the contraction stronger. Yep. And whenever that happens, it's a lot more painful. Yep. And then, so after that, after she was getting that medicine for about an hour, she she couldn't handle it anymore, and so she asked for the epidural. I know we've talked about this. We had to. My wife had to be induced. We were due and. Day went by, two days went by, three days went by. And I got to tell you, for those of you that listen to the podcast on finding out the gender or not, I equated it to waiting for Christmas morning as a kid that you're so excited to be surprised and not knowing the gender. Well, I got to tell you, so going back to that same analogy, now imagine you're a kid. You can't wait for Christmas morning. Christmas morning finally arrives and someone says, eh, we don't think we're going to do Christmas today. Maybe tomorrow, but we're not sure. And then tomorrow comes and eh, still doesn't feel like Christmas. We're going to put it off. As a kid, you would literally rip your hair out. And that's kind of what it was like. So be prepared. Your due date may not be the date it comes when we were two weeks, two weeks late we were, they said that walking helps move things along. We were out three times a day going for walks for that two weeks. Neighbors were like, still no. Um, and we were out there and we were trying to make it happen and uh, no luck. So anyway, the reason why I bring that up is so the, the drug that you were mentioning, what they do when you're getting induced is they give you a tiny, tiny dosage of that. They wait, I don't know, like a half hour and then they kick it up a notch. Then they wait another half hour, kick it up a notch so on and so forth um so you start very very low and they start inducing you slowly but slowly so it takes a while we were there for about 12 hours by the time uh things really started to uh kick in but the worst part of this story was so as i mentioned my wife's back pain was getting worse and worse and worse and eventually she said i I can't deal with this anymore and the doctor or the nurse came in and said well i can give you uh, a, a pretty strong drug for your for your back pain, and you're pretty far out before you know going into labor. So it'll actually help you go to sleep, and maybe you could take a nap for a little while. And uh, she was definitely a little <laughs> kooky uh, on that drug. It was pretty funny. It kicked in uh, pretty much right away, and it definitely helped the back pain. But then for some reason, all of a sudden, right after that, the contractions kicked in 
to like full throttle and it, it was just out of the blue unexpected and the nurse came back in and said my wife was like I'm ready for the epidural I'm ready for the epidural she was in so much pain and the nurse said unfortunately since I just gave you that drug it has to be out of your system for an hour before we can do the epidural. So she had to deal with the the worst of the worst contraction wise uh, for an hour. And that was painful. So the one advice that I would give to any expecting parents that are out there is that if they offer you that drug for the back pain and if they say, oh, it's probably going to be a while, just stick it out. Because if something does happen and you can't get that epidural, if you are planning on getting uh, the epidural, that was the worst. And my wife said that was worse than the actual delivery was those contractions when she couldn't have that epidural. So a little bit of advice. Yeah, I I will agree with that because um, whenever we first got admitted, they um, checked how far along Taylor was. And we were there for probably about two, three hours when they checked again and she hadn't made any progress. So that's whenever they um, suggested the, um, the inducer medicine to make it go along a lot quicker. Yep. And Taylor said that it just, she was going through the contractions like they were nothing. And then all of a sudden that medicine kicked in and it rapid fired everything. She was in so much pain and within two hours she was fully dilated and ready to go. Wow. So it went from three hours of contractions and not having anything done to an hour and a half and being completely done. So let's talk a little bit more about, is there any other advice pain management wise that you guys had that worked for you? Uh, yeah, breathing techniques was just breathing in and out extremely slowly. Um, just trying to find the comfortable position, massaging the area that was bothering her the most. Um, they did offer, like I, I said earlier, the pregnancy ball, which is basically just like an exercise ball that she can sit on and uh, just slowly bounce up and down just to get some kind of body movement going in there to loosen up her muscles. But other than that and the and the massaging of the back, it was, it was other drugs that they were offering. They didn't offer the one that she could take a nap with they did offer a gas that she could use and it wasn't necessarily a like pain release gas. It was more of a gas that didn't make you care about the pain. And I, it, it was kind of funny at the same time because after a couple of contractions of her breathing it in. So the rule was she was only allowed to breathe it in when a contraction started okay. and she had to stop once the contraction ended. So she wasn't allowed to use it while she was not having a contraction. Now, was that a and, like a personal rule or a doctor-nurse rule? Uh, it's a doctor-nurse rule. Got it. And she looked over at me and she just like smiled and I could tell <laughs> <laughs> that she was it's not 100% there. <laughs> That's exactly what it was like when my, uh, when my wife got that uh, drug. And it's funny, uh, which actually helps me transition into the next topic. Uh, Taylor is uh, joining us. Hi, Taylor, and congratulations in the uh, live chat. She says, have you met me, Brian? Me, unprepared. Our bags were packed for weeks. Uh, So that was one thing. Another bit of advice, and admittedly, if I could do this again, I I would like to improve. And and my wife is watching, so I, I promise I will do this better. But I will be the first to admit, and it sounds like Taylor is the same way, 
my wife is the planner. Like she's organized. She has checklists and to-do lists. And whenever we go on vacation, she has the dog walker set up and she has the, the taxi to the airport. Every little attention to detail she handles and sometimes gets frustrated at me for not playing as much of an active role. And I say, sometimes I say in my defense, it's done eight months before it needs to be done. Like, and it, there, there's not a whole lot I can do uh, by the time it needs to uh, be done. But anyway, the reason why I bring this up is dads, remember, your partner needs you that day. So be prepared. If there is a birth plan, which we may do a whole nother episode on, on that and what that is, but memorize it, get it and study it. And you should know every single want, desire, that she has, that you guys have as a couple. Um, make sure you have your backpack. It shouldn't be her responsibility to do that. Um, be equally prepared. And normally I'm not the prepared one she is, but step it up for this because during that labor, she does not want to be handling anything but managing the pain and getting that baby out. So you are in charge of everything else. And if there's something that... You know, maybe there's friends or relatives or family in the waiting rooms and, you know, they have questions and they're texting. Do not ask your wife. You make those decisions. You make those judgments. You know, do what's best or plan that stuff in advance. Hey, if this happens, how do you want this handled or whatever? Really try to step up and be prepared um, because it, it is torture, literally. So the, the more you can do and take off their plate and their mind and their anxiety, uh, the better. For us, a, yeah, and I, I will add to that real quick. Yeah, the um, you you saying memorizing and learning the plan once that moment arrives was definitely something I should have done this time because we we woke up this morning or that morning. I took Emery down for breakfast, and then all of a sudden I'm hearing Taylor yell down that her water broke, <laughs> and I run upstairs and I'm just like so frantic. I'm just like all over the place. And basically what I'm doing is I'm asking her, what do you want me to do now? And I asked her that at least like 15 times. So like it was most of the stuff, most of the things that she was telling me to do was put what to put in the car. But I just kept asking her, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do now? And she, I could tell she was getting a little frustrated just having to answer every single time what I needed to do. But yeah, that was definitely something I should have done better of preparing myself for was the moment yeah so and that's a good point so not even within the delivery room but no you should have a plan that right when your wife says my water broke you just know what to do when you have a plan and you know what to pack you know where the bags are where did you put them again in what closet or whatever she shouldn't be answering any of those questions you got to be on your a game um so uh be prepared do you plan on recording or taking pictures? And again, make sure you're on the same page that maybe you want a picture when you're doing skin to skin time, but okay, you can take it, but let's not post it and let's keep that an intimate moment between us or no, I don't want my picture taken right after I, you know, just pushed out a baby, you know, get on the same page of that stuff. And then if you are going to record or take pictures, uh, make sure you have a camera or a camcorder or whatever a camcorder who has a camcorder anymore but uh, <laughs> you know uh, make sure you're prepared uh, with all of that stuff um, obviously you're thinking about are you gonna cut the cord yourself uh, I would encourage I, I did it and I you know it, it's 
sounds like a weird, scary thing at first, but everything is so wild and crazy. Like the moment of it, it, it goes quick and it, it, uh, I, I'm glad I did. Did you cut the cord? Yes, uh, I did get to cut the cord this time. It was, it was very squishy. I will say that. And, uh, it, squishy, it was not what exactly harder to cut I than I thought it would be. Yes, definitely. Like it took me like two slices to get through it. Yeah. Agreed. <laughs> Um, but no one gets hurt in the act, so don't mm-hmm. worry. And uh, and the the doctors, I was worried. What if I cut it too high or too low? And you know, am I going to give my baby a weird belly button or whatever? You don't have to worry about any of that stuff. They tell you exactly where to cut. You cut. It, it, it's it's a stress free experience. Another and I actually, I want to go back real quick. Uh, you were talking about discussing uh, pictures and what to post and what not to post. On top of that, you need to go ahead and communicate with your family because whenever you send them pictures, they're going to be so excited. They're going to want to post, point. but you don't want them to post before you because then they're going to be taking the moment away from you. Yep. So like we, we guys always came... tell our family that stuff. I like that you guys came prepared my wife and I went all out for the announcement of the pregnancy, but I didn't even think of the baby announcement in the hospital. And we had some beautiful pictures while we were there. But in hindsight, I wish we did something a little bit more special like you guys did. Like you had a beautiful plaque, um, as you were mentioning, with her name and weight and stuff. That that was beautiful. And that was the picture that you sent me uh, the day after. And uh, that... Uh, it was a really special picture. So I, that that's something I that it. I would encourage people to do. And I, I definitely will do for, uh, for round two. Another thing that we did, and I would encourage for those of you that do have pets, the swaddle blanket that your newborn is in has the smell of your newborn. And it's, uh, it's pretty potent uh, because uh, the baby just came <laughs> out. Um, and... So what they encourage you to do is obviously have the baby in that blanket. And then when you're ready to change blankets and when they're ready to clean off the baby and stuff, put that blanket in a plastic bag. And then if you have family members that are going back home to check on your dogs or whatever while you're still in the hospital, have them bring that blanket Um, And it actually really works that it helps start the dogs or animals getting exposed to your infant's smell. And and it really does work. We we put the blanket in like their bed area um, and they they definitely were intrigued and they were smelling it it quite a bit. And I I think it helped. So that that was something that I would recommend. But you got to tell them right away, oh, by the way, we want to keep that blanket. And they almost, all the nurses were like, oh yeah, you got dogs at home? That makes sense. You know, and they they knew, they were prepared. um, That it it must happen all the time. So that's another thing that I would recommend. Yeah, and on top of that, my brother actually did something that I had never even like thought of. Um, him and his wife, they taught their dog how to accept a toy. So basically, if there was a toy on the ground now, the dog knows not to play with it because it could not be his toy. Interesting. And he has to be given the toy for him to know it's his so he doesn't accidentally rip up the baby's toys. Nice. We did something similar. We really practiced drop it with my dogs. And I would actually take things and like have a full out tug of war and then be able to say drop it. And then they would just let go and drop on command. And oh, we, wow. were, we were worried that, 
you know, if the baby's carrying around a blanket or a blanket's around their neck and the dog grabs it, you know, we were worried about any of those things or the maybe the dog grabs a blanket and starts pulling and pulls the baby off of a bed or something like that. So we wanted to be able to say, no, drop it like immediately and they let go. So we practiced that quite a bit uh, prior and, and and they got really solid at it that you, you said drop it, whether it was a toy or a, again, a tug of war and, and they dropped it immediately. Uh, before we continue on, let's take a quick break. And ladies and gentlemen, we will be right back. All right, we're back. One piece of advice I'm definitely going to give, and it, it's honestly advice that goes across an entire marriage, is communication. You need to talk with your wife before the day happens. Find out what her expectations of the day are, what her expect expectations are of you the day of, and the just ex expectations overall. So you, you need to be on the same page as her for this special day because let, let's face it, she's doing all the work. Yep. You're, you're there to be her support guide. And that is the one thing you need to do and you need to do it right. And you need to be able to be prepared as much as you can and then make executive decisions on the fly. So hopefully you know your wife or partner well enough that if a nurse has a question and your wife is sleeping or is actually chill because maybe they're watching TV and their mind is off the pain for even a second, do not go in there and ask the question. Hopefully, I mean, obviously... Depending if, if it's a question that really they need to be a part of, that's one thing. But if it's, oh, do you want me to turn the lights lower or do you, you know, are you warm or are you cold or whatever? Hopefully you just have a better understanding of, you know, you can tell if your wife is shivering or bundled up or sweating, <laughs> you know, just go out in the hallway and say, hey, can we turn the heat up or can we turn the heat down or can we turn the lights down a little bit? So really try to step up and, and, and try to do as much as you as much as you can. Right. And then on top of that, do your own research, because on, honestly, at this time, there was something a nurse asked me and I was not confident enough to answer it because I knew my wife had done a ton of research and she I'll go ahead and say she's not the biggest fan of the baby's first bath, like within the first 24 hours and yeah. possibly even within the first 48 hours. And so when she was in the bathroom, the nurse came in with all the bath stuff. It was like, you ready for the bath? And I was like, um, I'm going to let my wife let you know if she wants to do it or not. <laughs> but like, it, it was one of those things that I knew she wasn't the fan of it, but I also wasn't going to say yes or no at the same time. I wanted to hop quickly back to the pain management. One of the things that my wife afterwards said, I don't think I could have gotten through it without you doing this. And of course, now I was so proud of myself and I getting ready for this episode, I asked her some questions about it and she didn't remember at all. So thanks a lot, Kelly. But um, during the labor, when a contraction starts, one of the like big severe ones as you're getting towards the end, have the husband or partner count the duration of that contraction nice and slow but out loud and the rationale was you'll eventually hit the number that is the longest contraction you know so one two three maybe you get all the way up to 13 and 
in a weird way, mentally, it gives you the confidence of, wow, that was a big one. We must now be really getting closer. Or it also sets the bar of, okay, most of them have been nine. That was kind of an outcast, but normally... And so I would actually see in her face, once we figured out what the average number was, I don't remember what it was, but you actually saw her face starting to get more and more relaxed as we got to those upper numbers, knowing, okay, it's probably almost done and I'm probably almost there versus the mentally, like, how long is this going to last? I, that counting and just every time one started, I would just go one, two, three, and just that slow methodical counting for some reason helped her get her mind off of the pain. And so I would, I would strongly encourage that. That was really helpful. And um, I, I, one thing that the nurses went over with me, this is just a little extra bit I want to add in here just because I thought it was humorous. Um, they looked me in the face and they said, if you pass out from what you're going to witness, hmm. just remember you're not a priority. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> they, they said as soon as that baby comes out and they have everything situated, then they'll take care of you. <laughs> yep. So just remember, if you're going to get to a point where you're going to pass out, try to get to a chair first. So that way you're not hitting the floor because it might be a little bit before you get <laughs> some attention. <laughs> yep. And man, I think the best pain remedy was and I will never forget this moment so I was standing it's hard to picture this if you're listening to the podcast but I was on her left side um, kind of by her back shoulder so I was holding her hand I was out of the way of all the doctors and nurses but at the same time I had a pretty decent view of everything that was going on I'm also six foot five so I have a kind of bird's eye view of uh, everything that was going on and man, the first moment I saw her head and I went, whoa, is that her head? My wife, her neck snapped and looked at me and was like, you can see it? And I said, yeah, I saw her head. And that immediately, she was like, all right, I'm doing this. This is it, you know? And those last couple pushes after I said I was able to see, she just got like a surge of energy. And, and then from there on out, it was smooth sailing. And she was just so excited. And she said afterwards, as soon as you said that you could see the head, I got jealous and I wanted to see the baby too. And, and it just got her pushing uh, and That's it awesome. worked. So try to, again, as Zach was saying, try not to uh, pass out or whatever, but watch. It is a pretty magical, amazing thing. and uh, And especially if you're able to, share kind of what you're seeing and actually does help um and uh, when you first see the baby it's uh it's it's pretty pretty incredible i we mentioned in a previous podcast we were surprised in gender and i will never forget so again the baby the head was coming out and we didn't know we were convinced it was going to be a boy and so once the doctor i'll never forget held up the baby and said dad it's uh and held her up and my brain went wait where is it like is it tucked away or something I, I don't understand and, and it just even girl just did not even dawn on me that that was a possibility and it, it was that was quite a magical moment as well as is knowing that we have a baby girl for the first time which is another funny story so because we were going to be surprised I was totally okay with gender neutral colors going in but it was funny that all of our 
quote-unquote gender-neutral colors were definitely on the more masculine side of things because we were convinced it was a boy. And when my little baby girl, my little baby princess came out, one of the first things that I said to my wife is, we don't have any pink. My my princess, my, my little daughter needs pink. And I actually <laughs> called my, my parents that were waiting out in the room and said... Would one of you mind running out and getting like a little pink bow or something like that? And uh, my mom did. They went to like Target. I think the next day. It wasn't that day. Uh, but I, I really wanted my uh, my little baby girl in pink. Not that girls have to wear pink and boys have to wear blue or whatever. But just that special moment and the, and the, the thought of this unexpected daughter that I was convinced was going to be a son. Uh, I, I wanted I wanted my pretty little princess that day. So I was uh, I was excited. You were a little bit more prepared because you knew gender for both of them. Right. Yeah. We, we both knew both were going to be a girls. My, uh, my wife is not a very good, um, person when it comes to secrecy, unless she's keeping the secret, but no one else is allowed to keep a secret from her. Uh, last bit of advice that I had was, and this was something, uh, actually I want to give two, if you don't mind. So I'm going to talk Heart to heart, man to man, to the dads that are listening out there. I will never forget my cousin texted me when we were going into the hospital because I had texted some immediately immediate friends and family members, uh, you know, that hey, we're going in, and he said just a heads up or a bit of advice. It does take some time. For a connection, it takes a little bit longer for a father than a mother, especially when we talked about that skin to skin, to have that emotional connection with your newborn. And and that I didn't really understand prior to going through the experience what he meant by that. But I did romanticize the experience like I was picturing the baby comes out and clouds part and a beam of light is shining on my son or daughter and and I'd be sitting there going my life is forever changed and you are the most important thing in the world to me and blah 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 and in reality there's so much stuff going on and and I've said to my wife a hundred times that I was expecting all this emotional pomp and circumstance around the baby for me it was actually geared towards my wife like I was just so blown away with how what she went through how strong and brave and everything she was perfect in that delivery room and that love and emotional rush of energy that I was expecting to have for the baby I did but it was actually geared towards my wife that that immediate second and it wasn't until we got to settle down and your emotions get to calm down a little bit that it really does sink in that, oh my gosh, this is my child. I'm a father. It does take a second. And and, and I just, I, I am very grateful for getting that bit of advice. It was just a short text, but I, I messaged him afterwards, said, man, I... I really am grateful for that because I maybe would have felt a little guilty if it wasn't for that. Like, why don't I feel this sudden rush right away instantly that I was picturing? So dad's out there. I promise it will come. If it's not that second, don't feel guilty. It doesn't mean you're a bad father or a bad Yeah, father. I went through that exact thing both times. Yeah, so good. And so I, I would have appreciated a text like that. <laughs> and then the last thing that I wanted to share was, so the next... I'll say the next day, but we went in at like five o'clock. I think uh, our daughter was born at like six o'clock in the morning. So we were there for like 13 hours. 
Um, so we were there 5 a.m. and probably around 9 o'clock. Again, we were still just on a high and excited or whatever. The nurse said, we have to take the baby away for, you know, some basic, I think they check their eyes and their hearing. You probably remember better than I do. But they said, completely up to you, but we can then keep the baby in the nursery for a little bit if you want just some time to close your eyes and stuff. And at first, like my gut instinct reaction was, Heck no, like I don't want my baby out of my sight for a second. Um, but then I realized that obviously they're in good hands and we loved, loved the hospital and loved the nurses. And we were like, okay, you know what? It would be nice to just get a breather for a second. And we actually, I snuggled up into the bed. Again, I'm six foot five, so it wasn't all that comfortable, but I got into the bed with my wife and we just laid there and we just kind of were quiet and reminisced and and shut our eyes for a second. I don't think we actually fell asleep. That couple minutes to just catch your breath was very, very rewarding. And at first I didn't want to do it. And then, you know, we thought it would be a good idea. And we were like, eh, whatever, we could do it for five minutes. And if it we get anxious, we can always get her back. Um, and that that was, I don't know if you did something similar, but I would strongly encourage that as well. That that helped because you're, you're in the hospital for a while. Yeah, you're you're in there for quite a while. We actually got lucky this time that every once in a while, whenever you've already had a child, they'll let you leave after 24 hours if they've passed all the tests in the first uh, 24 hours. So you don't have to stay the full two days. So we got lucky this time. Uh, but the first time with Emory, we were there for a whole full three days. Um, Emory, they actually did offer to take her to the uh, nursery so that we could get a couple hours of sleep. Mm -hmm. uh, Elliot, on the other hand, stayed with us the entire time. They did the the testing, uh, the Johnsons, or I think that's what it's called, just the, the yellowing of the skin, all, all the other kinds of tests, blood sugar, and hearing tests. They did it all in the room with us the oh, second wow. time. Yeah, they, mm -hmm. they took our baby away for all of that uh, stuff. It's also different that you guys, for your second kid, you were – the. The reason why it's funny that you say, oh, we were lucky and we got to get out early. For us with kid one, we were like, no, can can we stay? Because you guys know what you're doing and we don't. You know, even <laughs> just changing a diaper and doing the, the the swaddle and all of that stuff. Like it was a learning. You can practice all you want on a doll. It is not the same when you have a fragile little baby there that you're afraid you're going to, you know, hurt or, you know, bend the wrong way or whatever. So... Um, the, we dragged out staying there as long as we could because the nurses, as I mentioned, were phenomenal and, and just wanted that advice and guidance for as long as we could. I know Taylor was more of a rush to get out the first time because she, she was mainly there alone a lot because of the current job situation I was in. I didn't have any time off, so I, I couldn't spend too much time there or else we wouldn't be able to pay bills. Um, but the second time I was able to be there the entire time awesome. and, um, it was, it was a much better experience and, um, you know, it, it is a confidence thing. Like we knew we were ready to get home. We also knew Emery was ready to see us cause she, she's oh, yeah. never been that away from us for that long. We kept getting FaceTime calls from Emery want, just <laughs> want to see us. Well, that's awesome. So yeah. All right, so let's uh, switch over to, as I mentioned, my favorite uh, part of the episode, the Dynasty of Dads Joke of the Week. And yeah, I'll, I'll go ahead and kick this one off this time because we'll, we'll call last week a, a stalemate. All right, fair enough. <laughs> All right, so 
dinosaurs are scared of which one of Santa's reindeer? Dinosaurs are scared of which one of Santa's reindeers? I don't know. Comets. Ah, I like it. it. Good job. All right. Uh, Keeping along with the uh, holiday cheer, what do you call a bankrupt Santa? What do you call a bankrupt Santa? Bankrupt Santa. I don't know what. A Saint Nicholas. Nicholas? (laughs) Get it? All right. Bring it on that holiday cheer. Again, we warned you, these are dad jokes. We do not promise that they are going to be funny, but uh, we get a kick out of them every week. So uh, it's either humorous for us, torturous for you guys. I don't know. But uh, those of you that are in the chat, hop in there. Let us know which one you liked better. Uh, But in the meantime, Zach, any last words? Any last thoughts? Oh, I wanted to go ahead and show my shirt i'm wearing today oh please uh being being a girl dad you definitely have to be willing to negotiate (laughs) and by negotiate i mean do what you're being told right and match your daughter very well so when she wants to be elsa you definitely become Kristoff and Sven. That is awesome. For those of you that are listening, he is wearing a pretty awesome holiday Kristoff frozen shirt, which I'm quite jealous of. But, uh, Zach, where can people find you if they want more Zach? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at ZT Burris, as well as TikTok as Zach and Emery. However, now that Elliot has been born, I... And going to be coming up with a u- new username here soon. Still have a couple tossing up in the air of what I want to go with. But um, just be looking out for that new username. I'll make the announcement when that happens. Perfect. Sounds good. Uh, and me, I am Bearded Brian. Bearded underscore Brian. Uh, most popular is on TikTok and Instagram. You can check us out there. Again, follow the podcast. Subscribe. Write a review anywhere you listen to your podcasts. Or you can go to anchor.fm slash Dynasty of Dads and you can send us a message. You can send us an email, dynastyofdads at gmail.com. I think that's all I have. Anything else that you wanted to add? Uh, nothing for me. Just uh, happy to be here. Happy to have another episode with you, Brian. Yeah, same here, man. I appreciate it. Well, thank you, everyone. Have a great week. Follow. Tell your friends. Tell your family. And we will see you next time.